Hey everybody, welcome to That's Good Sports Podcast. I'm Brandon Perna here with Will Keys. Uh, both of us, if you're watching on YouTube, have different backgrounds, uh, kind of just changing it up, keeping it real, as uh, the kids say. Yeah, this is actually green screen behind me. I, I green screened a 22-year-old's bedroom <laughs> into your your background very yeah. authentic my yeah my bedroom wasn't uh bedroomy enough yeah. for the program so. it was a, a big complaint from uh, the commenters <laughs> yeah. every week i spent hundreds of thousands of dollars in cgi for this yeah will's 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 bedroom looks fake as fuck many people many people will say it's photoshop but it's not it's not it's it's not much more than that. You're uh, just backwards. You're uh, in a parallel universe. No, I flipped it. I'm normal now. Uh, no, it, not to me. Oh, not hmm. to the viewers at home. Oh, we. Those are the people. Those are the people that really matter. Well, well, well. Hopefully, most people are listening to this on iTunes and can't see our stupid faces. Uh, Let's hope so. We got a lot of shit to talk about today. Uh, the Broncos hire a new head coach. Obviously, Vic Fangio. Um, we'll give you thoughts about that. You know, just really good thoughts. Probably going to just spend a lot of time talking about the Broncos coach, what it means. Then the NFL's got a lot of new coaches being hired. Matt LaFleur going to the, the Packers. Cardinals hire Cliff Kingsbury. Um, Bruce Arians going to Tampa. Freddie Kitchens go staying in Cleveland. And then we'll do our playoff uh, game picks, preview all of the playoff games. So, a lot yeah, to cover. Super excited to pick these games. Uh, spoiler alert, I went 0 for 4 last week. What did so, I do? You were 2 for 2. 2 for you 2. Got the, you got the first two right, and then you missed Baltimore and Chicago. Which, Chicago, I, I can't blame you either way. That was uh, about oh, I as, picked, I I picked you're the about Cowboys. a millimeter away from winning. Yeah, wow. you did. Wow. I know. Wow. Wow. <laughs> I was doing that the other night to my wife. Owen Wilson's our first guest on the podcast. Yeah. I, and like, <laughs> I did it. Like the one I just did wasn't even that good, but the one I was doing the other night was even worse. Like it didn't sound <laughs> anything like Owen Wilson, mm -hmm. but uh, I think I did it for, for like 10 minutes and she was <laughs> not pleased that I wouldn't stop doing it. But I feel yeah. like... Owen Wilson's one of those guys I feel like everybody can do an impression of him except for me. Yeah, no, you're probably right. I think it's Owen Wilson doing wow and then Christopher Walken saying anything. Right. It's like the – I think the British equivalent is uh, Michael Caine, right? Yes. Yeah. When I was actually uh, in uh, Europe, I was watching their – what's their like late-night TV show that's better than any of ours, Graham Norton? And – it was uh, Michael Caine. It's like a, there's a bunch of YouTube clips. Uh, Michael Caine talking about like how whenever he says his name in his Cockney accent, it just sounds like he's saying my cocaine. <laughs> my cocaine. My cocaine. My cocaine. Some men just want to see the world burn. <laughs> Ow. <laughs> just get shocked. Yeah, there's so much electricity. The in, electricity in from, that, from that impression. Yeah, send a send a shock into your ear. Hurts when it goes into your ear hole. Yeah. Um, All right, we're gonna do our impressions of uh, every single new head coach hiring. Okay, it's gonna uh, go great. Gonna be really hard, but we we practiced yeah. all week. Will uh, Vic Fangio uh, 
if you do a Vic Fangio impression, that's just a John Taffer impression from Bar Rescue. Yeah. That mm-hmm. joke uh, I put on my Instagram, it's in the, the video <laughs> that'll be up on my channel. Um, and I gave you zero credit in either of those spots. But well, uh, As long as you give me money, I'm okay. Yeah, I'm giving you credit now. It's more important. Yeah, it's way more important. <laughs> so, uh, the Denver Broncos, some would argue the greatest bar rescue of them all. Uh, they hired Vic Fangio to a four-year deal with a team option on year five. Uh, I was thinking about this, too. The last coach to actually make it to year five was Mike Shanahan, who made it to, I want to say, year 14 before <laughs> uh, he got fired. Was but, it that uh, long? I thought it was like 10, 11 years. I think it was 95 to 2008. Oh, yeah, that's crazy. If memory serves correctly. Uh, yeah, it's been kind of a carousel uh, ever since. No, not that they haven't had like they haven't had successful head coaches because they have. You'd, uh, you'd have to say that John Fox was a successful head coach, if maybe just like a little bit of a bystander. But uh, obviously, Gary Kubiak was only there for two years. And speaking of Gary Kubiak, uh, he's going to be the new offensive coordinator, uh, which also means that Sean Kugler, who was a really successful offensive line coach this year with the Broncos. Uh, their two offensive philosophies, power zone, don't really mesh. So Sean Kugler is going to Tampa. Uh, speaking of which, uh, Bruce Arians will be in Tampa Bay. So everybody's all over the place. Uh, but anyway, going back to Fangio, what was your initial reaction? Obviously, it was between Mike Munchak and Vic Fangio uh, as early or as recently as this morning uh, until we found out that it was, in fact, going to be Vic Fangio the Chicago Bears defensive coordinator. Yeah, I heard I heard this morning uh both Munchak and Fangio uh were now the favorites to land the job. Um my initial reaction was and still is I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> um well, well, calm down on that take. It's easy, easy uh, fat, I don't know. I mean, <clears throat> I think people were, people got a little uh, upset with me on Twitter because uh, I was just – I think I tweeted something like uh, the Broncos uh, will – the Broncos announced they'll fire Vic Fangio in two years after, name, after name, naming him head coach or something like that because Vance lasted two years, Kubiak was there two years, and people were like, you, you're being super pessimistic about this, Jesus. And it's uh, it's like one of those things – I'm I'm going to be optimistic about. I think uh, I know Teddy Bruschi thinks it's a good hire for the Broncos. And when has he ever been wrong? So never. Uh, it's just like I don't know. There's so much that needs to go right for for a head coach to have success. On top of him being competent and ready for the job, uh, the one thing I think you can argue for sure is I'm. I'm not sure there's anybody in the NFL more ready to, to make that step after 40 years of, of football coaching and never getting a, a head coach shot. Um, yeah, think, so we should, we should talk about, like, where he's been. Well, you should. I've got those facts. Okay. Uh, never mind. I'll talk about where he's been then. Uh, his first coaching job was in high school, at his high school, so that's always nice. Yeah, uh, he's 60 years old, by the way. Dunmore? Yeah, Dunmore in um, Pennsylvania, which you discovered is near Scranton, Pennsylvania. No, it is. It is literally right next to Scranton, which is where oh. Mike Munchak was born. 
three miles apart those guys were crazy. Were, were born munchak and fangio so it's like it, yeah it's it's like steph curry and lebron james being born in the same hospital is that true yeah, it's true. Oh. Fun, fun fact for the day. Wow. Yeah, so he's from Scranton. Wow. Adjacent. Wow, wow. Sorry. Please don't turn off the podcast. Uh, <laughs> he's from Scranton adjacent. Uh, he worked in the USFL uh, oh. as a linebacker's coach, I think. Maybe just a defensive assistant. Uh, with Jim Mora, senior, not junior, playoffs guy. Uh, and then Jim Mora – brought him to New Orleans where he was the linebackers coach from 86 to 94. And he had uh, under his tutelage at linebacker, Ricky Jackson, Vaughn Johnson, and Sam Mills. Uh, Ricky Jackson is a Hall of Famer. Sam Mills – is Sam Mills a Hall of Famer? I don't don't know. I'm not sure. But he's one of the best players in Saints history and Panthers history as well, which is where – which is where Fangio went after New Orleans. Uh, but he's played with a ton of good linebackers is what I noticed. Uh, he played obviously there. He played uh, with Sam Mills again in Carolina and Kevin Green in Carolina, who's a Hall of Fame defensive end. Uh, and then he went to Baltimore for a few years. So he had Ray Lewis. He had some of Ray Lewis's best years. Uh, then the next notable stop was San Francisco, where obviously he had uh, – Patrick Willis, Ahmad Brooks, Navarro Bowman, and he got the best years out of all three of those guys. And then, of course, most recently, Cleo Mack, Roquan Smith, Danny Trevathan. So this guy knows how to use linebackers, which uh, makes me excited to see what he gets out of guys like uh, Bradley Chubb, Vaughn Miller, and even if he gets uh, more than we expected out of Todd Davis and Brandon Marshall, too. Yeah, Josie Jewell in there as well, a young guy. Mm-hmm. I think he can do a lot with. Brandon Marshall may or may not be back with the Broncos. That's kind of up in the air. Right. Uh, although Marshall said he would definitely restructure his contract to stay in Denver, which is cool because I think the thing that's hindered Marshall's the last two season has been seasons has been injuries, um, which – you can either say, like, well, he's just going to get injured again, or you can be like, well, if he stays healthy, you know, maybe he would be a great piece to, to have uh, on defense there. Uh, and you're right, Fangio's done a lot with linebackers, and it kind of – I don't know. I felt like Todd Davis played really well at times this season. Josie Jewell was kind of up and down for, for, for a rookie. Um, but, yeah, he should be able to get more out of those – the guys the Broncos kind of currently have <clears> – <throat> And the thing that I think you have to be most excited about with uh, a defensive guy who's been in the league as long as he has and has had success with so many different players is that he can identify the right kind of guys for uh, what he wants to do. Um, and one thing I'm talking about in my video today, too, is like, you know, when Jack Del Rio came over, he brought over Brandon Marshall uh, and he brought over uh, Terrence Knighton. So maybe Vic Fangio uh, can bring thinking over. What, think what I'm thinking? Khalil Mack. <laughs> oh, that would work. I was thinking Danny Trevathan, part two. Yeah, I think Danny Trevathan has a, another year on his contract, but then. Uh, doesn't matter. Their, their safety. Uh, Adrian Amos is an unrestricted free agent, and their corner, Bryce Callahan, is an unrestricted free agent. Uh, both played very well in the secondary. Callahan broke his ankle in December, but he's a nickel corner. But honestly, I think it's – one. 
I think it's time to to have two guys who can play in the nickel corner and then just one shutdown corner because teams run so many crossing yep. routes and underneath bullshit. Like, I think that would be uh, different. Um, and I think a guy like Adrian Amos could really help uh, the the back back end of the secondary at safety. So there's maybe like guys like that that you know, or maybe there's guys on the Bears roster who. Uh, you know, didn't play a lot because there was so much talent on that defense that are available that we don't know about. Just yeah, like absolutely. Brandon Marshall when he came over from Jacksonville. Like, we didn't know who the fuck he was, and he turned out to be a huge key to the, the Broncos' Super Bowl run. So those are the things you think about when a guy who, uh, you know, is so good on defense and has been around so long. And I guess my question is – how stupid were the were the 49ers to hire a Jim Tom Sula over was Vic Fangio still on the the roster when they made Jim Tom Sula the the head coach? Uh yeah, Vic Fangio left. They got rid of him when they got rid of Jim Harbaugh. Oh, Cause, okay. Cuz Harbaugh brought Fangio to San Francisco from Stanford. Right, cuz uh, he was Harbaugh there for was a year. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Uh, with Andrew Luck. So, yeah. Um, so, you're dumb. saying Vic Fangio might get us Andrew Luck, too? I'm not ruling it out, no. Yeah, I wouldn't. I think – can we talk, talk about, like, my favorite part about this hiring? It's that everybody – while everybody's going out to get uh, Dime Store, Sean McVay, and anybody that Sean McVay has had a five-minute conversation with, uh, and anybody that looks remotely like Sean McVay, basically, like, young, offensive-minded guys, the Broncos – go completely against the grain and say, well, when we win, it's usually because of our defense. So let's double down. Let's go defense. Uh, we're not going to – like I, I talked about this the last episode. If you're going to try to get into an arms race with Kansas City and San Diego, you're going to get trampled and you're going to be stuck in third place for this division for a long time. Uh, so you got to play to your strengths, and the Broncos are doing this right now. And I, I think it's uh, the exact right move. I don't know if that was their – thought process uh but i like it either way yeah i think like finding a quarterback so hard right so you're not going to bet yeah. on them making that <laughs> connecting with <laughs> hail mary just yet but the the defense despite giving up like three to four just giant plays every game that kind of kill them uh they're DVOA was like top five in the league. And, there, you know, there's a lot of positive things you could take away from the Broncos defense last season. And I feel like you can make the Broncos defense very good again, a lot easier than you can find a, a quarterback right now. So mm -hmm. I think I agree with you there. Um, it, the, I guess my question is, who, who's the offensive line coach that they let go? In, or are they going to let interview in Tampa now? Uh, Sean Kugler. Okay. And, yeah, okay, it, it makes sense that Kubiak kind of runs a different offensive scheme than him. But I yep. feel like he was, the, he was the first guy we have seen in a while get more out of the offensive <laughs> yeah. line than we've expected on a year where a lot of key players got hurt there. so Almost all of them, yeah. And, Garrett, yeah, a year where everybody got hurt and Garrett Bowles was <clears throat> holding on every other play. <laughs> yeah so I don't know like I guess that's interesting 
I guess that could put it into question whether or not Kubiak's the right guy or if he's just Elway's guy. Um, but right. I think the one thing, like, trying to be super optimistic about it, the one thing you can say is Case Keenum's probably more well-suited to run Gary Kubiak's offense than what, you know, Bill Musgrave was kind of trying to do with him. No, definitely. And I don't even know how much of, like – Musgrave might have been doing some of the things Kubiak does. Like, I'm not smart enough to know that shit, like, week to week, like, what exactly the offense is doing. I just know it didn't work. Yeah. Well, we know that he wasn't uh, running enough play action, uh, just kind of as one of the the counting stats that uh, us dumbs can comprehend. (laughs) They were running the ball well, but they weren't running play action off of the run. And obviously that's a, a huge staple of the Kubiak offense. So. As long as they're running the ball, you don't think that um, they're going to let that opportunity slip to to run a ton of play actions and bootlegs to try to capitalize on that. And that's that's what you like about the Gary Kubiak uh, hiring or conversion or whatever you want to call it. It's offensive coordinator from the front office, I think. Yeah, and I think the other thing that's kind of a misconception out there, which I've had, is that you know Kubiak's offense is like just old and dated, but I've listened to a lot uh, of stuff recently that talked about one CJ Anderson, just saying like what they do in Los Angeles is very similar to what they did with, with Kubiak. And I think Mark Schlereth talked quite a bit about it as well. How Sean McVay's offense, Kyle Shanahan's offense, it's very similar. They just do some (laughs) slightly different things like pre-snap to get the the looks Mm -hmm. that they're doing and that the coaches are identifying where they can have their their mismatches and make their adjustments in game, and it's not these huge things; it's just little things. But yeah, and where do you, where do you think the Sean McVay offense came from? It came from Washington, and yeah, Washington exactly. came from Mike Shanahan. It all came and from Mike, Mike Shanahan. Yeah, was with Gary Kubiak in Denver when he was the offensive coordinator. You know, it all it's it's all interrelated in that big coaching tree. Gary Kubiak's a couple branches away from. Uh, where Sean McVay is right now and where uh, Matt LaFleur and all those guys are. Right. Uh, um, pardon, pardon thank, me. Thank, thank you for that. Uh, okay, so the, <laughs> I just saw this tweet <laughs> like right before we started recording, but it was from Mike Kliss, and he tweeted that uh, Clint Kubiak is receiving strong consideration as the Broncos' QB coach. And then uh, <laughs> Bamani Jones – quote tweeted it with just lol yeah i mean like i was telling you before the show like i think this is just like him trying to like uh point out nepotism uh maybe a little bit of nepotism but clint kubiak's been around for a long time and he's certainly worthy of a quarterback's job like he's probably knocking on the door of an oc job uh in just the next like, two years or something yeah i mean like i'm surprised no one uh <laughs> looked at him for a head coaching job like with all like the young offensive guys that are getting jobs now with his, his yeah. six degrees separation from fucking, uh, yeah, Sean buddy. McVay. I don't think it's even six, but, um, yeah, no, uh, he's been around the block a couple of times. Uh, he's not like 19 years old or anything. Uh, he's, he's, I think he's at like 30 at least, which has to make him as old as Sean McVay. So, uh, he's he's earned this job, so I, I'm not. Um, he is 31. He is 31 yeah. years old. <clears throat> Huge young. 
he's yeah he's uh he's definitely worked his way up to this job so uh i don't you know nothing to laugh at from pomani jones um and then i guess like the one last thing is you You wrote uh you wrote drew lock question mark i I want to see what uh i'll get there in a second are you just wondering if he's a person just i know he's a person is okay. he John Locke's son? I don't know. I'm going to ask you about him. But first, uh, the last thing, be. Benjamin Albright tweeted, uh, the early yeah. rumor is the Broncos are going to try and bring in Ed Donatell as the defensive coordinator who has worked with Fangio for quite some time. So that might be the name that ends up being kind of the de facto defensive coordinator because Fangio probably will be that guy as a head coach as well. Yeah. So we'll, we'll see. I like it. Uh, there, there seems to be a big time division of labor on this team between uh, Fangio's kind of the captain of the defense and, and Kubiak is the offensive coordinator. It, it seems like, I, I think whenever you have like this, this feels like if, um, if the situation between Hugh Jackson and uh and what's his name? Todd Haley. It's like, and Greg Williams. It's like if all those guys were just like benevolent leaders instead of just huge dickheads to each other uh, and it worked out. It's <laughs> right. like, I don't think like Gary Kubiak's going to be involved in some big power struggle and like undermining his head coach and his head coach undermining his coordinators in front of like everybody on the staff. So uh, I, I, I like it. Like I think it's going to work out. Yeah. I mean, I hope so. It feels like it should. It feels like the Broncos wouldn't have hired their head coach if they didn't think that relationship with Kubiak was going to work. And I feel like that's something they probably made very clear during the interview process. Uh, yeah. You know, otherwise they would have let they would have let Kubiak go interview in other spots for the offensive coordinator position. Um, so I think it was kind of locked in that he was going to take that role regardless of kind of what happens moving forward. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah no, and um, I, I feel like the the health concerns for Gary Kubiak are um, have been put to rest uh, since Paxton Lynch is literally <laughs> not able to kill him on the sideline anymore with his bad play, uh, like he did nearly on in that Falcons game. So it was Paxton Lynch all the the whole time. Yeah, what? yeah, he's, he's like, get him out of there, or I'll get back on the sideline. Um, okay, so I say I have Drew Locke question mark. Yes. Uh, because I've seen, I've seen people talking about, like, if he's there at 10, the Broncos are interested in taking him. L.A. went and watched him play. I don't know who the fuck he is. I've heard the name. I don't know what school he plays for. I don't know if he's any good. I was just going to ask you if you know anything about Drew Locke. Uh, yeah, he's a, he's a quarterback for Missouri. Uh, he's there for four years. He's a senior. Hmm. Uh, wears number three. Uh, white, pretty tall. Uh, he's got blonde hair. Uh, he's got a really good arm, uh, so I, that's all I can really say about him. I haven't. Uh, I'm not really like a, a big draft nerd, like people who just like you know just chew tape for for months on end, getting ready for the draft. But like I, you know, I have a few opinions here and there. Uh, right now, I don't know if I'd take him over Dwayne Haskins, but uh, he's probably the closest available quarterback uh, at ten. Who's Haskins? Who knows? Who knows Where does he play? Kid? Ohio State. He won the Rose Bowl. Oh. He's the guy who oh. threw 50 touchdowns this year. 
the Ohio State. The you Ohio didn't, State. yeah, you didn't, <laughs> you didn't say that. Uh, and Ohio State. Okay, One yeah, we won't, we won't. We'll talk more about that uh, after free agency when it's yes. appropriate to start talking about the draft. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. When I do my uh, my big board of 500 players, <laughs> right? And Brandon does his mock draft, his seven round mock draft. <laughs> exactly for every team, not just yes. the Broncos. <laughs> yeah. Um. Can't wait. Okay, for so that. I think we both are going to give uh, a yes thumbs up. To yes. At this point, I would have given uh, a thumbs 45 degrees down for Mike Munchak just because we've seen what he can do, uh, and it's just not an inspiring pick. So I'm glad they went with Vic, Vic Fangio because I'm, I'm going uh, 45 degrees up right now. Yeah. No, I think the cool thing about Fangio is uh, you've seen a lot of Chicago Bears players um, yeah. show that they, they really like playing for him and respect him. And it kind of reminds you a little bit like the way, you know, even though Wade Phillips is old, like, the players loved Wade Phillips. So, uh, you know, hopefully whatever that is about him, it, you know, it translates, you know, with the Denver Broncos and, and their locker room. It doesn't always happen that way, but uh, that's another kind of, I guess, positive thing to look at. Yeah, no, there's like a little kind of like a, a Bruce Arians feel to him <clears throat> where he's older uh, and you're like, how did this guy not become a head coach uh, at some point? But, like, he's always kind of had his role as a defensive coordinator. Right. And he's, it, I don't think, like, it's any fault of his own that he hasn't become a head coach at this point. I think he's probably just comfortable being a defensive coordinator for a long time. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, I'm excited to uh, – I'm surprised, too, that he's never been, like, an interim coach or anything. But I don't know if he's been on that bad of a team to the point where they've needed one. Maybe like the 05 Texans with Dom Capers, but that was kind of a train wreck. Yeah, and I mean, I think like at this point in his career too, for him to take a head coaching job, he really has to want it. Because like for him, staying with Chicago would have been an easy choice. Uh, There should be a contender next year. A ton of their defensive players will be back like – that's the job you've been doing for so long. Um, yeah, he was there for four years. Well, I mean, he, just defense yeah. – and, and I just mean, like, yeah. defensive coordinating for so long. But, like, um, the, I feel like that's hard to walk away from unless you really want to be a head coach. Um, yeah, and it, it means, like, he he liked the destination too. Yeah. And he saw, like, well, you've got Bradley Chubb, you got Vaughn Miller to work with, you got Chris Harris – X amount of free agency dollars to work with to uh, to build the defense. And then the number 10 pick, which, you know, who knows? They could go anywhere. They could draft the corner. They could draft a quarterback. Uh, it's pretty much wide open at this point. Yeah, probably with, with Fangio, uh, you know, maybe a defensive player becomes a greater probability for them to take at number 10 and maybe the smarter thing to do in this draft. Yeah, wow. you know, maybe you want to take Greedy Williams at LSU and uh, – yeah. Give someone to pair with Chris Harris back there. Exactly. And now we will transition to NFL talking and oh, I'm going to do it. Ever. I'm going to do it smoothly uh, <laughs> by saying Vic Fangio declined the, the opportunity to uh, interview with the Miami Dolphins. Yep. And I believe 
Munchak. Munchak ended up not interviewing there as well. I think, so, I think uh, not to shit on your point here, but I think the Dolphins canceled on Fangio. Munchak canceled on the Dolphins. Okay. Either yeah. way, what we're learning is <laughs> nobody really wants the Dolphins head coaching job. No, I don't blame them. It, that looks – I mean, that appears to be the least desirable head coaching position – now, some of the shit we said last night is already outdated, so just deal with it. But Adam Gase did land the New York Jets head coaching job after Peyton Manning called and vouched for him. If anybody gets you a head coaching job in the NFL, it is Peyton Manning. And Todd Bowles is going to be the Tampa Bay Buccaneers defensive coordinator under Bruce Arians. So I just had to give you those updates. You probably already know, but if I didn't, we would have sounded real stupid. Yeah, I wonder also, if Adam also Gase, Todd Munkin. Todd Munkin. I wonder if Adam Gase will actually land a head coaching gig. I don't know. Like, I, I don't think he was that bad in Miami, uh, other than the part where he ran JJ and Jarvis Landry out of town. Yeah. But he got to the playoffs with uh, a, a, a nice little Ryan Tannehill, Matt Moore cocktail back in 2016. Had to work with Jay Cutler for all of 2017. Uh, and then a, another Brock Osweiler, Ryan Tannehill cocktail this year. Wait, if, if Ryan Tannehill is your quarterback, <laughs> you're going to be drinking some sort of cocktail to, yes. to finish no, up. Yeah. What I'm saying is campaign. that uh, he's an alcoholic and he has to drink on the job. <laughs> right. Allegedly. Uh, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm kidding. Yeah. Dolphins still open or – yeah, well, for the purpose of – it'll probably be closed by the time this uh, podcast airs, but just to cover our bases, let's say it's still open. Okay. Yeah, and okay, so then Fangio coming to Denver, that has opened up the defensive coordinator position with the Bears, which Todd Bowles is apparently now deciding between Chicago or uh, Tampa Bay because the Tampa Bay Buccaneers – they hired Bruce Arians, right? Or they're negotiating with Bruce Arians, which is probably a good thing for, for Tampa Bay. Uh, but nobody really cares about the Buccaneers. <laughs> the biggest winner, I think, is Trent Green and Greg Gumbel. Uh, do, they, do they call that game a lot? <laughs> no. Well, uh, Bruce Arians was the third member of their crew this year, and he was just like, <laughs> so, so hilariously out of place the whole year. Um, and then we got – okay, so the Browns – I think what they did is interesting because they they stayed with an internal candidate that's not Greg Williams, which yep. is offensive coordinator Freddie Kitchens, which then you would think maybe they just keep Greg Williams as defensive coordinator, but they fired Greg Williams. Nope. Now he is a free agent in the NFL yet again. Yeah, it felt like um... – they were expecting Freddie Kitchens to be like the head coach and waiting, which he was just promoted to offensive coordinator when they got rid of Todd Haley. So this was like a huge leap, but obviously Baker Mayfield took off as soon as they installed Freddie Kitchens as the OC. So they thought like why we could grab Bruce Arians and uh, have him be like the, the puppet head coach for two years, like the NFL version of Ronald Reagan. Or, you know, we, we could just, like, skip the waiting process and, and put Freddie Kitchens in now, which 
uh, I don't know if he knows anything about how to coach, you know, a whole team because he's a pretty young guy. And like, I don't, this feels like another, uh, you know, along with the Cliff Kingsbury and the Matt LaFleur thing, this feels like, uh, you know, kind of a reach. Like I like the idea of not wanting to disrupt Baker Mayfield's progress, but uh, I don't think you disrupt it if you keep him as OC and grab another guy uh, to be the head coach. Yeah. I mean, what's kind of interesting there too is it seemed like Bruce Arians wanted to go to Cleveland. Seemed like Mike McCarthy was interested in that job. Yeah. But I think part of their deal is they have to keep Freddie Kitchens as offensive coordinator. And maybe that's not what would be in their plans. Um, also, Mike McCarthy supposedly turned down the opportunity to interview with the Denver Broncos. I don't know whether that's confirmed or not, but that's what I've heard. Yeah, we don't want you anyway. Um, okay, so then Matt LaFleur goes to the Packers. Yep. That seems like Packers just hired whoever the fuck Aaron Rodgers wanted. And uh, maybe pairing Aaron Rodgers with a guy who supposedly is a good offensive coordinator as your head coach uh, is a good thing. I think I was listening to an interview on Mostly Football, Martellus Bennett's show. Uh, hold on, on hold on, hold on, hold on. I just Googled Freddie Kitchens, uh, and I found out that his wife's name is Ginger Kitchens. <laughs> it's preposterous. I don't know if that was worth interrupting what I was about to say. Well, All right, go ahead. <laughs> Sorry. Whoa, 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 whoa. Her name is Ginger Kitchens. I thought you were going to break me some news, man. I got excited. <laughs> I was, did I not break news right there? Ginger Kitchens. They've been married since 2000, so. Uh, oh, wow. He might actually be uh, older than I thought. Or maybe he's one of those guys that got married in college, who knows? Yeah, that feels like a college marriage. Uh, um, Freddie Kitchens, born 1974. So, stay correct. I think it was, uh, let's see, Martellus Bennett, who's played with Aaron Rodgers, and then they, uh, who the fuck were they talking to? Who are, who are other tight ends that played there recently in Green Bay? Not Jimmy Graham. Jared Cook? No. Jermichael Finley? No. Lance Kendricks? No. Uh, oh, my God. Tom Crabtree? <laughs> Why am I... Mark, Mark Chimura. <laughs> Who is oh, there? Bubba Franks. No. <laughs> okay. Damn. Let's see here. Who am I thinking of? Sam Martellus oh, Bennett. Oh my God. You did. You did really good at just listing off Green Bay Packers tight ends. So I'll tell you that. Got more of that came from. Ah, oh, why? I forget who was on there. Maybe it was Finley. Um, but they're basically saying, like, playing with Aaron Rodgers, this is what would happen in the huddle. Mike McCarthy would, would call in a play, and Aaron Rodgers would go, all right, no, that, we're not running that. Okay, you do this route, you do this route, you do this route, you do this route. And then they're talking about how, like, being a, a tight end there is not great because uh, Aaron Rodgers likes to throw it outside and, and deep. They're like, he just likes to show off every play because he can make the throw. <laughs> because he can? Yeah. yeah. So they're saying like – I think I would do the same thing too. It didn't really matter what the offensive coordinator, you know, calls there. Aaron Rodgers was just going to call his own uh, fucking play anyway, uh, uh, which I thought was interesting. Um, so 
maybe Matt LaFleur makes a difference. Maybe Aaron Rodgers just continues to do his own thing. And then uh, the Cardinals take another young dude, Cliff Kingsbury. <laughs> yeah, the most, Cl- uh, Cliff with a K. The most British-sounding name there is. Uh, he's young. Was Hot. at Texas Tech. Was yep. at – yeah, he's at Texas Tech while Pat Mahomes was there, and he was uh, the head coach of – was he the head coach or the offensive coordinator for USC for roughly a month? Let's find out. OC, I think. Yeah, I think he was just the let's, – um, let's make absolutely sure of this. Yeah, but he worked with Mahomes, and who else did he work with? At Texas Tech. Well, just who he's worked with two big quarterbacks right now. Uh, he worked with Tom Brady on the Patriots when he's a player there. Not that asshole. He's with he was uh, with the Broncos in the 2005 offseason. Oh, as an offseason and or practice squad member only. Now, let's All see. right. The He's a coach with Houston. I'm not sure. I think that means Houston, the University of Houston, uh, from 2008 to 2011. Oh, he he tutored Case Keenum while at the University of Houston, Texas, or the University of Houston. Uh, Well, that makes sense. Uh, Oh, Oh, he's also also the offensive coordinator in 2012 for Texas A&M, who, if you'll remember, the quarterback there is Johnny Manziel. Right. Got 17 career passing yards in the NFL. Not bad. Yeah, and Baker Mayfield was under him at Texas Tech uh, before he left and went to Oklahoma. So he's worked with a lot of guys that ended up being good in the NFL, but under him, I guess you could argue underperformed in college. Yeah, let's let's hold off on the Pat Mahomes thing because uh, Pat Mahomes is the quarterback he is now. Uh, because of Andy Reid way more than because of anybody at Texas Tech, Cliff Kingsbury or otherwise, because uh, mechanically when he got to the NFL, before he got to the NFL, Patrick Mahomes was just all over the place and he was a hundred percent arm. And I refuse to give anybody credit uh, for what Patrick Mahomes has done in 2018 back at Texas Tech. Yeah. And maybe like a guy like Josh Rosen who, I think mechanically is fine. Uh, yeah. Just needs somebody. Josh Rosen needs somebody to fucking help him next year. I don't know if it's going to be Cliff Kingsbury as head coach, but. Yeah, he was the offensive coordinator at USC. So he went in the span of like two months, he went from uh, head coach of Texas Tech to the OC at USC. And then people were like, no, 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 no. Uh, we want you to be a head coach in the NFL. Yeah, so he went. That's a pretty huge jump. He got demoted and then got a huge promoted yes. over his previous job. Yeah. <laughs> he got a huge promoted over his previous job. It makes no sense. No, it really this is This is probably <clears throat> the biggest reach of them all. So uh, probably but pretty if it, But if it works, you know, whatever. Cardinals. Uh, yeah, the one thing I do like though is you spent uh, a high pick. You traded up to get Josh Rosen, I think. I think they traded up. Uh, 
don't quote me on that. I don't. But know. since you spent that kind of investment on Josh Rosen, you have to get him a head coach uh, that's going to help him out and that's offensive minded. So for that reason, I do actually really like the idea of getting an offensive minded coach for Josh Rosen, uh, much like you know Sean McVay with Jared Goff. Not to use the obvious example that's been uh, beating a dead horse for an entire week, but that's what really that's what the teams are trying to do. And uh, you know, you have to give your you have to give your young quarterback someone that's that's going to put everything around him and, and put him in the right position to succeed. Uh, I just don't know if that specific person is Cliff Kingsbury. I probably would have felt better if he was <laughs> torn away from USC as their head coach just because I, I like, it just feels like so much of a reach, but yeah. And I guess if like, it works out. I'll look stupid. So that's fine. The the nice thing about what the Broncos did is they probably made the, the least reach, the smallest reach. They made the yeah. smallest reach. Yeah. They've got short little T-Rex arms reaching for Vic Fangio. Yeah. <laughs> Um, and, uh, also just, uh, to clarify, um, Bob Wiley is, is done in Cleveland as well. God damn it. <laughs> God damn it. That's, uh, that's tough to hear. All right. So now after all this head coaching news, we've got playoff football, uh, yep. a lot of great playoff football over this last weekend. As you mentioned, you picked every game wrong. That's right. That's <laughs> right. Really fucking hard to do. So, I don't know. so what do like? What should I do here? Because uh, do I just lean into it and then assume that every pick I'm going to be making is wrong and pick the Chiefs and the Patriots, probably, and the Cowboys for that matter, probably. I mean, but uh, the fact that I've already said it, that's kind of jinxing it. What know? is? What was your one takeaway from the playoff like weekend? Like, what's the one thing that kind of stood out to you? Uh, Lamar Jackson wasn't ready. Andrew Luck is really good. Uh, don't count out Big Dick Nick. And Seattle didn't throw the ball enough. That was four things, but they were all spot on. Yes. So you do not get four for the price of one. Criticized. Yeah, I mean, I think Andrew Luck is really fucking good. Was my first takeaway. Yeah. Uh, so is Frank Lamar, Reich. Lamar Jackson and Deshaun Watson just look like first-time quarterbacks in a in a playoff game. Um, but, but like, as shitty okay, as shitty as Lamar Jackson was for I don't know fifty minutes of a sixty-minute football game, he he got shit going in the last ten minutes. Now, part of that's maybe that the Chargers just. Uh, kind of let off the gas too much yeah uh, but he put them in a chance to at least almost be able to win the texans were na- never able to do that against the colts which you could maybe just argue the colts are just a more complete team than you know say even the, the chargers are right now but uh Lo- <laughs> lamar jackson it just kind of reminds me so much of tim tebow yeah you know what I mean? Like it's it's it was bad football, bad football, bad football, and then oh shit, you had a chance and you you did win games with him. So that's kind of interesting. Yeah, the Seahawks coaching terrible. Cowboys, I think defense uh, 
uh, <clears throat> just it looks like a, a playoff level defense. And the Eagles, man, like if Nick Foles gets them back to the Super Bowl, it will be one of the all time like great football stories of a guy who was a backup two years in a row takes you to the Super Bowl. I don't even give a fuck if he wins it this year, but if he gets them back there, that's just crazy. And it puts the Eagles in just an insane position this offseason with like options to do kind of whatever they want. Yeah. I mean, so this has kind of been like the like the sports talk radio discussion for the week. So I apologize if you've been listening to this kind of discussion for, you know, 70, 72 hours straight. But at what point uh, has Foles just earned the starting job in Philly? If he, is it if he beats the Saints? Uh, if he wins the NFC Championship? Does he have to win the Super Bowl? Nope. He has to win the Super Bowl and be named MVP again. Could you imagine winning back-to-back Super Bowl and Super Bowl MVP awards and still not getting the starting job over? I don't think it, has anybody ever won back-to-back Super Bowl MVPs? Uh, maybe Tom Brady. It might have been Brady. Yeah, it might have been Brady. But Fuck. Brady didn't win one of them. Brady won, or Dion Branch won one of them. Dion Branch got like one. I Brady think, got one well, in that first Super Bowl, even though he didn't deserve it. Yeah. Oh, no, he didn't win because it was he won the first one and then there's the year in between. And then he won the Panthers one and then Deion Branch won the Eagles one. But what about the. And he should have, and James White should have won the Falcons one. What about Seahawks and Falcons? He won those two, didn't he? Yeah, but those weren't back to back. They weren't? No. The Broncos are in between. Oh, that's right. Fuck. I was thinking the Seahawks, the Seahawks Super Bowl was after Super. That was forty nine, and then the Broncos won, and then fifty one was Falcons, and then fifty two yep. was Eagles. Okay, God, your memory's good. You got that young brain. Steel trap. Okay, so this weekend, yes, on Saturday we got Colts Chiefs, and then Cowboys Rams. Uh, I'm excited for Colts Chiefs. Yeah, I'll that say. game's gonna be. Uh, you're excited because the Colts have a really good chance to beat your set, like second most hated player on earth, uh, Patrick Mahomes. I'm excited. I'm excited. That's all. I'm, gonna, I'm excited. Yeah, <laughs> I, I'm very excited too. But I really, I really wish the Colts were playing the Patriots this weekend. Really, I think they have a better chance in Kansas City than in New England, and I think the Chargers have a better chance in New England than the Colts would. Okay, so you're predicting maybe. Chargers Colts in the AFC Championship. Mm, I would like. I mean, that's what I'd like to see. Uh, however, that'd be kind of funny to see a, a playoff game in StubHub Stadium with like twenty five thousand people there, all be Colts sick. fans. Um, <laughs> but I don't see two wild card teams advancing. It's like it's just like. I don't know that like the stats been going around forever, but since 2013, like it's been all like one or two seeds. Right. Well, maybe this is the year that changes. Maybe. Yeah. No, I think one of them will. Maybe you picked zero and four last week. So you need to open your mind. Or maybe I'm doing that on purpose. I know whatever I pick is going to be wrong. You're going to trick it. So Colts, I mean, Colts chiefs. Yeah. I would, well, yeah, I would argue that the Colts have a better chance to win that game because their defense is better all around. But yes. I think 
I think Arrowhead is, I guess it's not tough, in the playoffs, it's but <laughs> I think it's just, tough I, it's just a tough place to play. No it is like yeah. they have arguably like the the you know best crowd noise you know every week. It's them in Seattle are you know the two loudest stadiums and. That if that's going to affect Andrew Luck and the Colts offense more than it'll affect the Colts defense. Yeah. Um, and the Colts defense did a pretty good job against Deshaun Watson uh, for a while. Then he started making plays, but I think they're going to have a much harder time with Patrick Mahomes because he, he does a better job at, at getting rid of the ball. Like he scrambles to make a play with his arm. Deshaun Watson sometimes scrambles to to make a play with his legs. So they're they're gonna get better quarterback play from Mahomes. And even if they the the one thing that worried me about the Colts is they took that 21 to 0 lead in the middle of the second quarter, but then they didn't score any more points after that. Yeah, if, I think a lot of that was go ahead. I was gonna say if you're playing the Chiefs, like you're gonna probably have to score more than 21 points. Yeah. I think a lot of that was by design. I, th- I don't think they weren't trying to score. I think they were just trying to run the clock with Marlon Mack. Uh, but, I mean, Patrick Mahomes is obviously, you know, he's going to be the MVP this season. Uh, but we still don't know what he's going to look like in the playoffs. We, no. You know, uh, obviously, Lamar Jackson wasn't playing like Patrick Mahomes, but his play went off a cliff in the wild card round. Same for Deshaun Watson, <laughs> who was just throwing the ball at people's feet. Uh, in that Texans Colts game, and one thing like about the crowd in Arrowhead is, I think they can. I think everybody in Kansas City senses that this year is different than all the others where they blew playoff games. Uh, and at the same time, the fact that it's supposed to be different and they actually have a chance to win the Super Bowl this year uh, might make them even more tense and might cause them to blow it or like you know get really quiet if the Colts take a lead in this game. So. Yeah, that's a lot of – I'm excited to see that dynamic. It's not just the, the pressure of a playoff game for Kansas City. It's the pressure of a playoff game and always losing yeah. in the playoffs. And yeah. it's against the Colts, who uh, beat them in 2004 in Arrowhead and then had the second greatest uh, playoff comeback in NFL history in 2013. By the way, I was just thinking about this. The two guys with the, with the biggest <laughs> playoff comebacks in NFL history – uh, and this is going to be in the video. Frank Reich and Andrew Luck were working together. Ooh, Ooh what double a magic. stat! Am I predicting? Uh, am I predicting a thirty-eight point comeback this week? Damn, not, not predicting it. That is a that is a good stat. D- and Andrew Luck didn't he do it against? Was it against the Chiefs? It was. Yeah, it was against the Chiefs. It was against Andy Reid. <laughs> oh fuck yeah! What the fuck? What happens with? Uh, Andy Reid and Jan is it just that like it's cold when it's cold outside like his his blood thickens and it just doesn't make it quickly <laughs> enough to his brain yeah I don't know well I mean you could argue in Philadelphia he was always really good at winning that first playoff game and then losing in the NFC championship yeah yeah so he digressed yeah. a little bit but <laughs> he's gotten like better in the regular season and worse in the yeah worse in the playoffs I don't know man I feel like Okay, another another couple of points about the Chiefs. Um, when what was the last good team they beat at home? I don't know. Yeah, what was the last good team they beat? 
I don't know. They lost to the Seahawks. I, I don't know is my point. Damn it. I thought you had Seahawks. the information in your brain. No. No, no. I think the last good team they beat might have been uh, – The Broncos. <laughs> <Chargers. laughs> um, the Chargers in week one, maybe, because the Steelers – they beat the Steelers. The Steelers no, they, didn't make the playoffs. Well, they, beat, they beat the Ravens in December. Oh, okay. That's right. That's right. Um, we'll see. Well, it might be uh, kind of that loss or that win kind of looks bad. Lamar Jackson taking it overtime. I don't know if I'm ready to call that a, a great win, but you know. Yeah, they beat. I mean, in December they played Baltimore, then the Chargers, which they lost by one point. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Seahawks beat them, and then they beat the shit out of the Raiders, thirty-five yeah. to three. So, uh, you know. Yeah, I mean, no, I. Look, this game game can easily go either way. Uh, It feels like the Chiefs have a team to get them over that playoff hump. I don't know, though. I don't know. Like, they have the offense, too. Yeah, but but they also – see it every year. It's like you just need need a defense in the playoffs. They they have Eric Berry back. He's got a couple games under his belt. Their pass rush has been really good. Uh, between D4, Justin Houston, and uh, Chris Jones. Chris Jones. But that, okay, but that, that was my last point, is their, their pass rush is their only advantage on defense. And, oh, yeah. and the, now they're playing a team. Indianapolis O-line has, has been perfect. They didn't allow a single sack against J.J. Watt and and Clowney last week. I know. I'm not saying it's – Yeah. I'm not saying they're going to win. I'm Let's saying, argue. Let's get a little worse take going. <laughs> I'm saying it feels like this could be the season they do it. It feels like the Colts could win this game. It also feels like the Colts have been running on uh, a little bit of magic for quite a long time, and sometimes that, that runs out. Like I don't know. Like I, don't, like, I see what you're saying, but like, I don't think they're using up magic. I think they're just good. Like, it's not like they're winning these games in like ridiculous fashion. Like They beat the Titans by multiple scores beat the Texans by multiple scores. Like, they're winning these games pretty pretty convincingly. Well, I'm going to pick the Colts to win. I've been higher on the Colts than anybody. Anybody. <laughs> that's true. Yeah, that's true. Uh, and because, like, look, I'm, I'm rooting for – partially rooting for Phillip Rivers to at least get a chance at a Super Bowl. I don't hate the Chiefs, but as AFC West teams, like, I have a real issue rooting – for the Chargers and the Chiefs. And so to me, yes. the Colts are the one team like I can go all in on and say, yeah, I want, I want to see them in the Super Bowl. But I, I'll be happy seeing the Colts beat the Chiefs. I'm going to be rooting for the Chargers to beat the goddamn Patriots. You know that. Uh, so I'm going to pick the Colts to beat the Chiefs, and they're my favorite team in the AFC right now. Yeah. No, it's, it's obviously really tough for us. So, like We have to put everything behind the Colts. Because if they're gone, uh, you know, the two, the three teams are left are AFC West. and yeah. uh, They're big rivals and they're the team we all hate. The evil empire. Yeah. But, you know, if that happens, obviously we have to put all our eggs in the NFC basket, which, you know, I had to do back in uh, 07 with the Giants and the Packers when the Chargers and the Patriots played in the AFC championship game. Exactly. So uh, I'm going to take the Chiefs. All right. Oh, 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 you son of a bitch. I'm taking the Chiefs. Son of a bitch. All right, cool. You go Chiefs, I go Colts. Okay. Then we got Cowboys, Rams. 
this might be a fun game. Yeah, okay. Uh, quick note on this game. Uh, I will not be able to watch it, and here's why. Uh, my grandfather's 92nd birthday party, dinner, is Saturday night, uh, conveniently planned uh, right at the start of this game. Ooh. Uh, I, pretty selfish of him, honestly, to be born, uh, <clears throat> you know, on the in the divisional round, the day of the yeah. divisional round playoffs 92 years ago. Yeah. So, Lack of foresight by him. I would – I'd have to agree. Um, so my question for you, and this is kind of risky, and I haven't attempted this since the 2013 NFL draft. Do you think it's possible to go dark – for an entire evening, record the game, make it home, and watch the game from start to finish without having the game being spoiled for me. Can you do it? Yeah, but you got to shut your phone off. You just I can do that. I can do that. That's all you got to do. Unless you've got family members who are going to be watching, like checking scores. Uh, I will. I can threaten violence against them if they do. Yeah, that's always a Including my grandfather. Hey, old man. Yeah, yeah listen up, pal. Zip your lip. <laughs> uh, yeah, so I'm, you know, this is going to be tough. Like, it's going to be, you know, it, it's going to be a very tense evening, if yeah. that's the case. Yeah. Um, and, of course, if there's, like, a TV at the restaurant, this, goes all, this all goes uh, out the window. That's true. Do you know what restaurant? Is it Olive Garden? No, no, no. It's, a, it's an Italian restaurant. And, uh, ah, I was on the right track. Yeah. Is it not a, is not it, a chain though? Not a chain. It's probably Fangio's. Yeah, it's, it's Fangio's. Um, yeah, you, know the, you know the show in the game of Fangio's. All right. Who are you going to take in this game? I am going to take the Rams. Ah, me too. Yes. And here's why. Besides, fuck the Cowboys. It is. Mm-hmm. I think the Rams offense is – I think Sean McVay's had too much time to think about how he wants to approach his game. I think the Rams offense can outperform the uh, Cowboys defense. It's <laughs> – they're not going to make the same mistake the Seahawks made. And then I think the Rams defense, even though, like, we've seen them get gashed, you know, uh, in the rushing game quite a few times this season – I think Dak Prescott's going to struggle with Indomitian, or uh, sorry, Aaron, uh, Aaron Donald on yeah. the opposite there. And then also, also, who is who is Amari Cooper's and Michael Crabtree's biggest enemies? It was Aqib Tlaib, right? That's right. It was, was Aqib Tlaib. Uh, Marcus Peters also had done has done like a, a really good job against Amari Cooper. Uh, I think I think Cooper's only had one catch against Aqib Tlaib in his entire career. I think I heard that on NFL Network. So no, it's not going like, to Alan Hearns. So no, Alan Hearns. Uh, that, fucking, was that the worst injury you've seen ever? That might might have been the worst injury I've seen in live te- television. It was. I mean, Alex Smith for was, was pretty. Yeah, Alex Smith's was bad, but the thing the that made Hearns, this was worse. The thing that made Hearns. Is you saw you could see the exact moment that his ankle just fucking yes. yeah I felt like I snapped. I felt like I heard it snap yeah it was insane and the replay was silent like yeah. I saw it like on the regular wide view the wide broadcast view like I saw his foot and it's like is there someone underneath him 
Nice. Like, no, his foot is just the opposite direction. It's the wrong way. It should be. And yeah. when they cut to replay, I was like, oh, no, this is going to be bad. This is going to be bad. This is going to be bad. And sure enough, it just corkscrewed 180 degrees around. And Joe Buck was – you know, Joe Buck was trying really hard not to say, oh, fuck, what was that? Yeah. He was just like, like, oh, good Lord. <laughs> good Lord. Okay, we're going to a commercial. Yeah, I'm going to throw up. Yeah. It, the, Daddy needs another Bud Light. <laughs> no, yeah. It, like, it, you hate seeing, like, those injuries, but hearing the announcers react oh, pretty, pretty funny. <laughs> is, yeah, it's like – like, now, what, you know Alan Hearns is okay. The surgery went well. He should mm. be back next year. That's the crazy thing about the I, I think it was just such a clean break, though. <laughs> That's Maybe. why, I think. Yeah. Um, no, that was, that was nuts. very clean. It looked like a clean snap. Not even a break, just a snap. Yeah, it was bad. Uh, Ugh, imagine that. Yeah, and you can see, yeah. like, Bobby Wagner react to it. He was, like, walking oh, over. Yeah. And he saw, like, just That's like, what I did. I was watching in my chair. Oh, I was watching in a chair. And I stood up and ran away and just yelled, No! <laughs> Yeah, it's fucked up. It's like the it's the worst part of the game is seeing that shit. Yeah, um, I don't know. I think I'd I'd probably saw my leg off if that happened like on the spot because I like I the worst injury I've had was like I twist an ankle and I wanted to throw up then. So I think I just I'd probably pass out actually if that happened to me. So credit to Alan Hearns for just having like a couple of tears streaming down his face. Yeah. Probably right. the toughest person of all time. <laughs> you win the toughest person of all time yes. award, Alan. We're both taking the Rams. Yep. Chargers, right. Patriots. Ooh, yeah. I'm look. I'm gonna I'm gonna pick the Chargers to win the game. Just gonna do it. I'm gonna take them too. I'm gonna oh! take them too. I'm gonna take them too. I, uh, this is like this is a Patriots team that probably shouldn't have. Uh, they didn't deserve a first round bye. I no. think the the rest of the AFC was just kind of weak. Uh, and I think you know people are saying like, well, after how you know the Chargers played against the Ravens, you know they shouldn't be. I don't care. I don't care how you win in the playoffs. Like as long as you win, a win is a win is a win. Like I said the same thing after the Broncos beat the Steelers back in 2015. Like that was an ugly win in the playoffs too. It just doesn't matter in the playoffs how you win. No. And uh, here's I the thing: they, I think they'll get it done. The what I saw from the Chargers was uh, a pass rush that looked like it did last year. Um, yeah, they. I mean, they sacked Lamar Jackson seven times. Obviously, with a, a quarterback like Lamar Jackson, you can't put all of those sacks on the offensive line, but. Uh, you you also know like how elusive a guy like hit, hit, like Jackson is, so I think if if the Chargers can handle him and Gus Bradley put together like a great game plan of just like saying, okay, fuck it, we won't we won't play with any linebackers really today. We're just gonna put like ten safeties on the field and make sure Jackson doesn't beat us. I'm thinking like they can have a, a decent plan for the Patriots at least for the first half. Because, yeah. you know, the Patriots will be like, okay, they're doing this. We'll change everything and, you know, beat them in the second half. But I yeah. like that the Chargers defense was able to get after Jackson. I think they can put Brady under the same sort of duress. And we have seen Brady really not do well under pressure, specifically this season. So that's kind of why I like the Chargers. Also, yes. Phillip Rivers has his ACL in this game. 
Uh, a, a big advantage uh, compared to last time. So, uh, yeah, Chargers, give me them. Give me them. Yeah, I mean, as long as Melvin Gordon isn't doing the same thing as LaDainian Tomlinson in that game and just, like, sadly sitting in a huge jacket with his helmet on <laughs> and, like, the, the dark visor. Right, yeah, he I was hurt, right? He would be in a better place. Yeah, I think he sprained his MCL, which I think is oddly the same injury as Melvin Gordon. Oh, it's, shit. You know, time is a flat circle. True Detective coming back to HBO, by the way. Oh, yeah. This weekend, huh? Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Uh, Yeah, no, and, like, to the point I made about the Chiefs, like, the Patriots haven't beaten a good team in a while either. I mean, obviously, they beat up on the AFC East, except for the Dolphins. And they lost to the Steelers, who hmm, didn't make the playoffs. Uh, yeah, they lose they, to Dolphins, yeah. they lose to Steelers, and then they finish on a win streak against the Bills and Jets. Ooh, intimidating. Like it, it doesn't, yeah, it doesn't feel like um, the, uh, Brady's been the same since uh, that Chiefs game in the middle of the season. And that's probably the best team they beat all year. So yeah, I like. I think uh, they're gonna have a real challenge with uh, with the Chargers. And I think, you know, like, a lot of these teams, like, a lot of it comes down to, like, teams are clearly intimidated to go into Foxborough in the playoffs. Yeah. You see it every year. Like, the Titans obviously just weren't up to the challenge last year. Maybe it's just a case that they're getting really shitty teams in the divisional round. But, um, like, they did with the Titans last year. But, like, yeah. uh, Titans beat the Chiefs to go get the bet against the Patriots. But – I don't think I, like these this Chargers teams. Like I don't think it matters to them like whether they're yeah. playing on the home or road because the know, road warriors they're playing yeah. in a soccer stadium. Uh, that that's like um, playing in a soccer stadium that's f- like thirty thousand other fans yeah. uh, rooting against them every week. And I think like Rivers, I don't like I don't think he cares. Like yeah. I, as much as I dislike Philip Rivers, like the man. No, I can't imagine anything phases him at age like 37 with, uh, you know, 1,500 children at home. Yeah. He it's drives like, two hours to work every day yeah. in L.A. traffic. He was undefeated on the road this season. He has no fans at home to root him on. Like, this team is built to upset a Patriots team in the, at, at uh, Gillette Stadium. Yeah, like, I, I think, like, when the Patriots run out of the tunnel and they play crazy train by Ozzy Osbourne, like, it gets under some quarterback's skin. And I feel – I just picture Phillip Rivers, like, sitting there with a bolo tie on playing uh, playing dueling banjos from Deliverance. Uh, in his head? Like, that kid, yeah. Just I was going to say just listening to Kenny Chesney in his head, but dueling um, banjos is better. Yeah. Uh, yeah, he just – I think he's going to either – I think he'll either win or he'll just have a great game and, and lose valiantly. But I don't see him just sucking outright. Yeah, he has to win to prevent Tom Brady from kissing all of his children. Yeah, no, I I, I think that's a fair point. That's a crossover. And that's, that's not analysis that you're getting on TV. Nope. Heard it here first. Yep, exclusive. Right. So we're both taking the Chargers? Yeah, I guess so. All right, Will. Man, Sacked oh, up for that one. And then finally, <clears throat> why, do, why does uh, – how come the AFC doesn't get the, either of the final games? That's I think it, That's a good question. That's bullshit, NFL. I think it, I think it rotates every year. Oh, okay. Because at least in the AFC championship game, 
they switch, uh, like, who was the first game and the second game. Okay, fine. I was least, thinking about it. I was thinking about it in the car today. Like, would you like it if they played one championship game on Saturday and one on Sunday as opposed to back-to-back on Sunday? Oh, for, like, next weekend? Yeah. No, I'd prefer them both be on Sunday. You like them together? Yeah. That way, both of my days aren't fucked because of football. Well, I mean, like, hypothetically, only your nights would be. I don't care. Like, I look at the games as work. So, okay, if, if, they're, if one's on Saturday and one's on Sunday, I'm like, well, I'm not doing anything <laughs> at all this weekend except working. Um, if I were just True. a fan, maybe. I'm not a fan. I am an analyst. And more so, I'm a journalist. I am a fake journalist, and I stick yes. to doing things. Yeah. All right. very, game. Anybody who follows me on Twitter knows I'm completely objective all the time. Exactly. Eagles at Saints. Uh, oh, oh yeah. Did you see this on Twitter? Um, did you see what uh, Sean Payton said? See this? You hear about this? Yeah, I did. He wheeled in uh, $225,000, which is their uh, Super Bowl bonus, and the Lombardi. Put the Lombardi Trophy on the $250,000 and said to his team, you want this? Win three fucking games. Then I'm assuming walked out of the room. I don't know what he did after. That, I would like to know. Um, not unlike Sean. For a Q&A? <laughs> <laughs> not unlike Sean Payton uh, to offer money for um, specific <laughs> objectives. Uh, I like it. I can't think about this game, Eagles at Saints in the Superdome, without thinking of Sheldon Brown uh, sending Reggie Bush into another dimension on that one hit. Oh, I don't remember that hit. Back in 06. You'll have to send me that clip so we can put Uh, it in the prediction Yeah, you'll know it when you see it. It's like uh, Breeze is is, uh, dropping back and, like, throwing, like, the laziest swing pass ever to the right side, and Sheldon Brown, the cornerback, comes in and hits – Reggie Bush in midair and just sends him into next month. I always forget Reggie Bush is a Super Bowl champion, isn't he? Yep. One more Super Bowl champion than you and I. Yep. Um, man, this is a really hard game to pick. I think maybe the hardest because I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm taking the saints. Uh, and I feel pretty confident about it. I'm taking the saints because I picked the Eagles to lose every game last postseason, and it turned into a thing of me helping them. So I feel like if I, pick, if I pick the Eagles, that jinxes them to definitely lose. But I pick the Saints, then I can say, oh, yeah, yeah, I'm doing my thing where I pick the Eagles to lose and they keep winning. Uh, and if I'm wrong, then I pick the game correctly because the Saints should be arguably the best team in the NFC, and they should be able to, to beat the Eagles. Uh, the difference this time around is the Eagles defensive lines playing a lot better. And yeah. Yeah. I mean, the, the first time they, they played the season, it was what? 44 to seven. Yeah. Which was the biggest, uh, the, the worst defeat for a defending Super Bowl champion in NFL history. Surprised the Broncos don't have that record. Uh, right. And uh, the thing the Saints aren't going to do is make the mistake, you know, that the Chicago Bears did and not get the ball in one of their best players' hands more than four times. So, uh, yes. Drew Brees is going to find mismatches. He's got too many weapons. 
the Eagles are going to have to score a lot of points, I think, to keep up with the Saints, which they can obviously do. Like, as you pointed out last week, the thing that's cool about Nick Foles is, like, he never gets rattled. The game mm-hmm. always feels the same to him. Uh, I don't know. I'm hoping kind of for a high-scoring game here just so it gets a little crazy. But Yeah, I think it's, I think it's going to be Saints by two scores. I think they're just, like, too – you focused. think the Eagles magic is what's actually going to run out this week? Yeah. Yeah, I think that magic is going to run out. Uh, I, yeah, I think it's Saints by two scores. I think they're too, too locked in after uh, how they lost in the divisional round last year. Yeah. I think they've just been waiting for this for basically a year. It's like when, you know, the Broncos lost to Jacksonville the, yeah. In yeah. the first game after they looked like the best team in the AFC all year. Um, hmm. Yeah, I'm gonna go. I'll go with the Saints too, though. I'm gonna pick the Saints. All right, so we're uh, we're the same, except for the first game. Oh yeah, I got Colts. You got Chiefs. Yeah. And then of course, okay, cool. Yeah. Then we'll give the season totals before the AFC uh, the championship games, just so everybody knows where we're at. Yeah, I don't know if it'll even be uh, swayable at that point. I'll have to tally it up. Yeah, you got to let us know if it's worth picking the Super Bowl. <laughs> yeah. We're just going to quit this we're podcast. Just not make a, a Super Bowl pick. Yeah. I'll just we're, say what ha- whatever happens will happen. No, we, we quit the football podcast that we started in June uh, right before the Super Bowl. Yes. We started this podcast when there was nothing yeah. to talk about. And then at the, <laughs> yeah. the biggest game of the year, we're just going to give nope. up. Don't care. Not don't interested. Care. All right. Well, I, I, live for, I live for the offseason. Yeah, you do, Will. You're an off-season grinder. Yeah. You know me grinding tape. Watching the all-22. That's right. Every day. Um, okay, well, thanks for listening to the podcast, the game picks. Follow Wilkies on Twitter at Wilkies6. He is a moderately decent Twitter follow. Yeah, I'm okay. And bye. See you.